Welcome to the Leader Game Studio Cast. I'm Clay, and today I am with Nick Brockman, who is our graphic designer and also lead developer for Root Underworld. Now, Root Underworld is going to be on Kickstarter March 14th to April 2nd, so be sure to check that out. You can also just go to leadergames.com if you want to just find out more information about it. And this is a great opportunity to talk to Nick, because being the developer, Nick is really hands-on. He really knows a lot about Root Underworld. So, Nick, why don't you tell us just, first off, what do you actually do as a developer? So, um, the the main thing I'm tasked with is, um, in my development experience, you know, doing some for Vast and some for Root. Patrick, or Cole, in this case it was Patrick, uh, he had designed the, you know, core of both of the factions, both the, the Great Underground Duchy and the uh-huh. Corvid Conspiracy. Um, so he laid out all the groundwork for how they'll work, what mechanics they want to use, what they should feel like in general. Um, and then my job is to kind of come in and what I would say is like tune and edit that, you know, work. So it's about mm-hmm. finding, you know, what works there, where are there, you know, usability problems, where do, where can we, you know, increase the tension to, you know, make that emotion even more interesting mm-hmm. of what the faction's supposed to feel like. Um, so it's a lot of editing, a lot of playtesting. Yeah. Um, there's many iterations um, at this point where, you know, I, I would call it we're in the rapid iteration process. So, you know, every every day or so, you know, we're making a new version of the, the factions with small tweaks, seeing what changes, you know, with the ability to always go back to a different one that we had. Um, sure. And that rapid iteration is kind of where we find, you know, what's what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, we can kind of build these branching paths of, you know, a more aggressive type of faction like this or a more defensive version. And, you know, which one of these are what we're trying to really hone it on. Sure. And so your job is really to kind of take the game from the design and then really just kind of flesh it out into, bring it into a great game experience, right? Yeah. It, it, I would say it's a lot of um, a lot of ironing out little things, right? Um, I mean, the factions that Patrick brought to me are, you know, nearly, you know, they work in every way still that they do now. Yeah. Um, it's just the little things of when you're designing a thing, you know, what, what can make more sense to somebody who's new to the game um, was one of the big things, you know, with everybody in the office having so much experience with Root, mm-hmm. um, there can be this really, this really, we could all be tempted to make a faction that's super complicated and plays with a bunch of really intricate nuances in the game and a lot of subtleties, um, which can be fun for people who've played Root a hundred times like everybody here. But you also need to keep in mind that some of these factions might be played five to ten times, one time, two times by a person, right? And it's about making sure that that experience is still just as worthwhile as the person who, you know, pours their life into playing the crows afterwards or the person who, you know, only tries them a couple times or, you know, it's maybe their first game with one of those factions. So all those things have to be kept in mind. Yeah, it's very good to be conscious that someone could be playing the the new factions for the very first time Mm -hmm. in the first game. So, yeah. Well, give us a, a just a taste. What is it like to just even play a game as the crows? Uh, so as the crows, um, you're going to have a lot of people complaining at you um, about being in their space. Mm-hmm. Um, they play a very invasive game um, in a way that I'd say is similar to the Woodland Alliance. Um, they're very annoying. Uh, your presence on the map isn't necessarily military strong. You don't threaten a lot of attacking power and ability to destroy stuff right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you do is you hamstring people's hands by giving them these um, these agent cards that just are essentially dead cards in their hand that they don't want to carry. Um, so you'll see people, often the, the structure of the map is the crows will go and hang out with some player, you know, they'll buddy up next to the moles in a clearing, and the moles will just suddenly decide, oh, we need to get out of here, we don't want to hang out with the crows anymore. <laughs> um, so thematically, I really like where they're at for that purpose. 
it's this super invasive faction that, you know, the second they're hanging out with you and invading where you're at, you are very interested in getting out of there as soon as possible. And yeah. I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so what is, um, what would you say, what is an agent of the Corvid conspiracy? So for me, um, thematically, I believe, and, you know, this could go, you know, anyway. Um, but to me, it's supposed to be um, kind of a member of that, that faction who is, you know, kind of rogue, joined the ranks and is claiming, like, I'm a member of the Marquis, you know, like a supporter in your and hand or somebody. Yeah, yeah, but he actually has his own agenda still at hand while still being truly a representative of the Corvette. I'd say, uh, like, Hydra, you know, in the Marvel movies, they're kind of like that maybe or something. Sure. Um, you know, the, right underneath the, uh, underneath the guise of, of good intentions, yeah. Okay. What is the... Well, let me ask you this, Nick. How does one get a Corvette bomb to go off? <laughs> so um, it's about um, infiltrating one player a lot. So the goal is, um, while a player will have some, you know, while they take on one agent card, things start to get a little bit bad for them, and they maybe could decide, like, oh, I'll get rid of that and give the player some points. Mm -hmm. um, but if you decide, you know, you think, maybe I can handle these agents, maybe it's okay hanging out in these infiltrated areas, um, you will quickly realize that you should not have stayed there for so long. Um, as you get bombarded with black cards, the agent cards, um, the more of them you discard, the worse effects will occur. Mm -hmm. And one of those is a bomb that can go off destroying all of your buildings. Um, so it's something you want to be very careful about when, you know, based on their position on the map, where are you building your stuff, where are your guys hanging out? Um, to avoid getting all those cards so yeah so ignore the crows at your peril yeah exactly yeah you don't want to yeah you don't want to hang out with them in general <laughs> what is uh what is the nest uh so the nest is actually maybe one of my favorite parts of the the crows currently um what i'd call it is it's like their hideout essentially and what it does is it exists in the forest um, which is a fun space to play in in the game just because as well the Vagabond was the only one who did up until now. Yeah. So with the forest, um, whatever clearings the forest is connected to are the clearings that they can invade. And then throughout the game, they'll go around moving the nest, going into a different space. So it's often about, you know, where that nest is is super important because if you're connected to two bunny clearings, that's what you have access to now. You yeah. maybe want to go for one that's connected to three different colors. So that position of the nest is what determines essentially where you're deploying. Um, it's mm -hmm. kind of like a movable movable recruiting station what would you say so far nick has been like your most memorable experience that you can remember while you've been developing root underworld here oh man um so we've been uh, messing with the new deck a little bit recently mm -hmm. and uh many of the games that come out of that have had a lot of those fun moments that you have back from playing root for the first time again yeah. uh, i think a lot of people in the office feel that way where you know, you don't even know if the card you're going to craft is really that good, but you're excited to see what you could maybe pull what off. It'll, what it'll do, um, yeah. And little things like, you know, spoil, you know, a card that allows a player to move across the river, like a clearing, um, can be super exciting for a player with, like, the bird suddenly. You know, yeah. crafting that early, now your movement options are insane. Um, and those have just created tons of new experiences throughout the play. So I think the, the new deck has been crazy fun to play with. Even if you're just doing regular factions, the new deck can bring it to a whole new game. Yeah, yeah. We actually had a play test uh, yesterday mm -hmm. where I myself was playing the cats and Nick was also playing in the game as the crows. And I kind of ignored the infiltrators a little bit. I just kind of, <laughs> you know, ignored the crows, just kind of went merrily along my way. And then Nick was able to pull off a Corvid bomb and blew up, uh, well, lots of my uh, Yeah, yeah, it, was, it didn't go too well in the end uh, for Clay there. But yeah, no, they, they can be a lot of fun when you... Uh, 
it, it feels like you're building up this impending this impending doom to the other players, and it can be really stressful, which I think is a, a really unique Played aspect. a lot of cool tension. Yeah, 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 yeah. That stress is really fun. What would you say your favorite faction to play in Root is currently? Hmm. This changes a lot, actually. Um, currently, it's the Marquis. Um, oh, okay. It might be surprising because to a lot of people, I know that they're, some people perceive them as, you know, the easiest faction or the most basic. But just given their, their unit density, how much presence they can put onto the map, I think that when you lean into that aspect and going that heavy recruit, choking off parts of the map with your rule, um, they can be one of my most favorite factions to play. Yeah. Um, that, that high unit density, you know, creating these like strongholds around people and, you know, not even needing to be actually militants, but just kind of commanding with your amount of army is so fun. Um, I also really like playing for dominance. People in the office know, um, and they're, yeah. they're, they're one of the best ones to try to go for that. And I always think going for dominance is fun, so. <laughs> yes, it's always, yeah. it's always epic if you can play. Yeah, yeah, you always feel really good. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about the moles. Like what, or just kind of overall, what is it like to play the game as the moles? Uh, so the moles um, have kind of been compared to like a, a cocktail of the cats and the birds a little bit, uh -huh. where they have um, at the beginning of the game you just have this you know basic menu of options of uh, actions you're going to take. And then as the game goes on, you need to, you know, kind of decide which way am I going to go? Am I going to commit to being a moving and attacking kind of mole? Am I going to be, um, you know, a crafting mole faction? Uh, so I really like the aspect of you can easily from your starting hand, even if you have the same starting hand in three games, um, you can make an active choice immediately to decide to pivot into a different position. Sure. And then throughout the game, as you get new cards, you can, you know, it's a really interesting tension similar to the lizards of, you know, oh, I have these three mouse cards and they're good because it's a set. Um, but also, you know, maybe two of the mouse cards are the best cards you could craft possibly. So yeah. is it better to pursue a new set and get those points for crafting? Um, they live a lot on that tension as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I think they're, yeah, that's probably the best thing about them right now. How do you actually go about electing a lord? Uh, so that's the thing I was just touching on a little bit. Uh, so they actually do a set collection thing similar to the lizards. So you reveal matching cards and then um, there's three different levels of lords. Okay. So kind of a basic, a, you know, a better guy and a, you know, super king. Uh, yeah, yeah, super king. I don't know the name yet. <laughs> but, and, uh, you know, you reveal larger sets to uh, elect the better lords and you score points when you elect them as well as when you elect them, you elect them to an action. And when the Lord is on that action, he can take that action now for the rest of the game. Okay, gives um, you more, more, more options, more actions you can Exactly, so you have to make that action. commitment now. And then it's as well, um, that's kind of your defensive mechanism as well, where people, if they attack your buildings, you lose those Lords. So right. it's about, you know, can I elect a Lord now and keep him safe? Will it be, you know, an undefended Lord? You need to be careful about when you decide to elect them, because or else you'll elect them and they'll immediately get dethroned, and that's obviously not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who is the Duke of Mud? The Duke of Mud. Uh, so <laughs> he is the... Oh, man, you're actually quizzing me. Uh, uh, well, I think he gives you plus one point for every tunnel. Tunnel, yeah. yeah. He's the tunnel one. Yeah, he's so, the tunnel digging guy. So there's a few... So what Clay's talking about here, um, there's a few of the, you know, the the best lords that you can elect are uh, the Duke of Mud, the Lord of Dirt, and like the, the Earl, Earl of, of Stone, I yeah. think it is. Yeah. And um, those are all of your, your big scoring lords, and they each score for a different type of building. So yeah, the Duke of Mud, for example, scores for all of your tunnels on the map. So if you're going for him, that incentivizes the strategy where you're going to be spreading out wide, using that dig action a lot, um, and needing to go out and defend your tunnels actually to keep them on the map, because 
once you elect one of those lords, people are immediately going to go for your tunnels because not only killing your tunnels kills your points, but it threatens your lords yeah. from the right. So, so um, yes, in the game, you can actually form a strategy around electing the Duke of uh, Mud. The Duke of Mud, yes. <laughs> he, is, he, he is a very legitimate, legitimate strategy. Wow. So how do you, as the moles, how do you actually dig a tunnel and what do they do? So the, the way the tunnels work... Very simple, the digging mechanic. You just need to discard a card matching a clearing on the map. Mm -hmm. You place a tunnel there. That's the dig. The cool part is, though, then you deploy your warriors from Molapolis. Um, so name to be decided. Molapolis. yeah. Name to be decided still. It's still in the works. But currently, um, the way they work is rather than recruiting directly onto the map like a normal faction, um, every unit they get goes onto this clearing that's off of the map, mm -hmm. and they're forced to move the units from that clearing onto the map. So the tunnel is the only thing that gives them access from Molopolis to the sure. above ground. Um, so you can move units back through them. And the cool thing is any tunneled clearings are adjacent to the um, Molopolis. So you can move them into Molopolis back to another tunnel. So they can uh, move a lot quicker around the map just with that dig action. Because um, for a two movement, they can get between any tunnel. So Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I just want to mention, although the Kickstarter is going to be March 14th to April 2nd, yes. that we are in the midst of development. So anything oh, yeah. that me and Nick talk about, uh, or even on the previous podcast, anything, oh, sure. anything is subject to change. Anything, yeah, yeah, we're working, rule, yeah, so. yeah, we're working so rapidly at this point. Um, but I mean, yeah, many of the, yes, yeah, we're working so rapidly, things change constantly. Um, but yeah, thematically, all the things are, you know, about where they're at, yeah. Sure. So, Nick, what would you say your favorite part about playtesting is? Mm. The best part about playtesting is when somebody, like, breaks the game, <laughs> I think. Uh -huh. um, I, it's, it's always interesting. Or even more so when somebody tries to and can't. Uh -huh. uh, that, you know, pursuing the strategy that's, you know, oh, if I stack this card with this and I use this effect every turn, I'll get a 50 points. And... You know, realizing that that's actually impossible for all right. of these other reasons is also interesting. Oh, wait, or similarly, that work? Yeah. yeah. Or similarly, when somebody does do it and they score fifty points in a turn, and you go, "Oh, okay, well, uh, let's change the rule. We'll play a second game quick." <laughs> and you know, you learn from those moments too. Um, it's you know, especially with the new deck stuff, you learn a lot about um, how quickly little effects and little cards, depending on what hand they're in, can affect that balance really quick. Sure. Um, fortunately, your root is so player driven. Um, that a lot of that, you know, kind of comes out in the wash of, you know, this person attacking this person and so on. Um, yeah. As people know who play the game a lot, um, a lot of it is about that, that politicizing of the table of who's, gonna, who's beating up who uh, mm -hmm. to keep who down. So. so speaking of the new deck, what, is your, what would you say your favorite card in that new deck is? What, what card have you played that you're kind of thinking about or remember? Or? So one of the ones I remember from my playtest uh, was, I believe it was called Soup Kitchen currently, and it's a crafted card, I believe it was three to craft it, and what it did was it made all of your tokens on the map count for uh, two pieces for rule. Yeah. So suddenly factions like the WA and the uh, the Corvids actually also, um, who are kind of token driven, um, can suddenly take a lot more claim to the map and start kind of doing that same choking out I was talking about before with the cats. Yeah. Because um, suddenly a sympathy token and two WA warriors is four pieces and that's that's a lot to compete with. Um, so that the the little changes to the math like that can create such interesting um, game states that the, the map can change so much that I find uh, things like that are the most yeah. interesting. 
My favorite card was probably the Coffin Makers. Oh, yeah. Man, that seemed like fun. So whenever a warrior gets uh, removed, it goes to the Coffin Makers, mm -hmm. and then they actually start scoring some points if there's a lot of battles during the game. Yeah, right? that one is also hilarious. The I like the, again, I feel like we're trying really hard to keep them. Um, that thematic tie of you know mechanics representing theme representing mechanics and so forth so yeah yeah the the new deck it leans into that a lot cole's been having a lot of fun with uh relating it to the old factions and all of his you know intrigue there is yeah yeah so nick take us back to a moment and i want to ask you about the moment when you first saw the cover the artwork from kyle for the very first time what were you thinking Oh man, uh, the underground. <laughs> the I fell in love with the moles again. <laughs> is what yeah. I'd say. Um, yeah, the cover art is is so cool. You know, sitting here working on the game part is super fun. Obviously, playing the game is so fun. But after a while, it can get dry looking at black text on white paper with some brown cubes. And uh, when Kyle submits that art to us every once in a while, it just lights that fire back under you. And like, I immediately went and relayed out player boards with some images of the, the new faction animals and stuff. Cause it just, yeah. he, you know, Kyle's such an important part to our, our team and our aesthetic and as well as the games of like bringing that world to life. Um, and I think the covers and, you know, the player words and everything really do show that like yeah. the, the mechanics, the art, the theme, it all, it all plays to, to one goal and, and Kyle's, yeah, the guard is so important to that. <laughs> we were blown away. If, if you get a chance out there to look at the cover closely, look at the light effects of the candles. Yeah. The underground is so yeah. well done. And he also did some very subtle, like if you look above on top, it's actually raining. There's little mm -hmm. tiny pools and some raindrops are mm -hmm. coming out. So there's really some cool subtle effects and that cover artwork is just cool. Yeah. Um, so, well, I myself am really looking forward it's to good. playing Root Underworld. It is so much fun to play these new factions, the crows and the moles, and just to see how they interact with all of the current mm -hmm. factions that are available. So I would invite everybody to uh, go ahead and check out the Kickstarter. Again, it's going to be March 14th to April 2nd. Yep. And you can again, you can also just find more information by going to leadergames.com. And uh, that's it for the podcast. Thank you for listening, and happy gaming to everybody. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Bye. thanks, Nick.